Hello, Brad here. Just to say we're super proud that the Friday 5pm podcast is sponsored by the Malt Miller, the UK's best home brew store. We use the Malt Miller for all of our homebrew experiments, as well as tapping them up for advice and binging on their awesome YouTube channel all the time. That's why whenever we release a homebrew video, we put a recipe kit live on the Malt Miller, so you can brew with the exact same amazing ingredients that we did. The same ingredients used by pro brewers. So alongside the Malt Miller's nitro-flushed hops, cold-stored yeast and milled-to-order malts, you can pick up recipe kits for our Five Points Best Bitter, Russian River West Coast IPA, and now the fastest beer in the world, a hazy session IPA that goes from grain to glass in less than 48 hours. Sign up to their newsletter at tinyurl.com forward slash maltmiller to get 5% off your first order. With the Malt Miller's amazing customer service and Johnny's 48-hour recipe, you could order the ingredients on a Monday and be drinking the beer by the weekend. Speaking of which, it's Friday. It's 5pm. So enjoy this week's Friday 5pm podcast. Afternoon, beer geeks. I am delighted to say that I am back on the sauce. <laughs> yeah, welcome to February, Johnny. Uh, you've, <laughs> gone, you've gone through a month of hell. Uh, wet Feb, we're calling it. Wet, wet Feb. Uh, <laughs> is that a is that a uh, Nicki Minaj song? Maybe it sounds like it. Like it certainly could be. Yeah. Um, so let's talking move on of wet Feb, from where that could be headed. Oh God! Just go before uh, we started this podcast, I spilled a whole fucking beer on my leather sofa. So uh, is it the beer you were saying wasn't very good either? So it's not even good. Yeah. To know well, I was about to drain pour it. Um, and as I got up, I was I had the jitters a bit, and uh, I don't know why I'm a bit a bit of a, in a bit of a flap today, having a bit of a mental week, and uh, yeah, I just totally dropped the can onto my sofa, and then I just watched it as it soaked into the sofa. Uh, didn't think to like try and grab it. I just watched it happen, um, almost like an out of body experience. Uh, <laughs> it was odd. So I've had, my brain is not working properly today, Johnny. I've I've come to that uh, assumption. Um, well, um, not enough I'm, beer. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that your sofa is bearing the brunt of your brain. It's, not it's quite our being sofa, engaged. Johnny. It's our sofa. Oh God, it's our sofa, on. of course. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Bradley. So it's uh, it's. <laughs> we haven't got the budget to replace that. No, we definitely haven't. And the other thing is, <laughs> I don't think we've ever spilt a fucking beer on it. In all the videos we've shot on it, never spilt a beer on it. And then stupid Brad uh, yeah, drops, drops a can on it as he's not even drunk, just walking away from the sofa, drops it out of his hand. Anyway. And then just stands there. Wet, yes. Wet um, ass February. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we'll call it. Um, yeah, so I've been drinking as of as of midnight, midnight on Sunday that I did the last scene of, of this week's video and, and had a couple of beers. And I've been enjoying the build-up of... Uh, of, of alcohol samples that I've been sent during the month. Usually I, I spend an hour or so a week just going through the samples that we've been sent. Um, and so I have a big array to get through um, this week. And I, I've been thoroughly enjoying doing that. It's been good fun. It's been, I mean, there was loads of variation in the alcohol free beers that I was drinking. But um, as I say at the end of the video, just nothing quite, all of it is missing something beyond the alcohol and the body and the sweetness. They all miss something. And uh, we've actually got a comment on the video, which we'll get into later, that might explain possibly what is missing, mm. which is why I love the YouTube comments. There's always somebody that's got a, a clever idea in there. 
um, in amongst the trolls. Yes. Well, everyone's a scientist on the internet as well, aren't they, Johnny? Uh, it's true. So, you know, there's a lot of a lot of uh, armchair scientists out there as well as armchair <laughs> For trolls. better or for worse, there's a lot of armchair scientists. <laughs> um, before we dive into this week's video, just a quick announcement that tomorrow, if you're listening to this uh, today... Her brain. Uh, tomorrow, Saturday, 6th of February 2021, is our next live show with Pressure Drop. Uh, one of my favourite breweries, one of Brad's favourite breweries, right? Mm. Oh, yeah, I love their Pressure Drops, great stuff. Yeah, and basically, we've sold out of the Taste Along boxes, and it's a bit late to get that posted to you, but you still can pop down to your local bottle shop and pick up some Pressure Drop tinnies and join in the fun. We'll be having lots of IPAs, dippers, we've got Pilsners, we've got Sour, we've got a, a Pastry Stout, loads of cool styles that we're going to be tasting through. So just if you fancy fancy joining us, you can support your indie by just picking up some tins and joining us at 8pm. And the link to that live show is in the descriptions box for the podcast. Oh, Let's stuff. start uh, with this video this week. What did you think of the video, Brad? Because you you didn't have anything to do with it. I kind of kept that video completely secret. I wonder what your, you your did, impressions you were. You did. Well, right at the beginning of it, you're walking about and you say, I don't know if Jad, uh, if Brad's going to be joining me on this. Uh, but, he, you know, I, I, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> you, kept, you, you kept it to yourself. But do you know what? It was great, man. It was like a sort of supersized me. Morgan Spurlock type adventure. I would have liked to have seen more of a body transformation, Johnny. If you could have only got like really fat over Christmas, like a lot of us did, um, <laughs> it would have been really magical to see you sort of, uh, you know, in the opposite way to Morgan Spurlock, Get, you know, de gut yourself, like, and have like, you know, really svelte physique post I mean, I did. 28 days, you know. I did weigh myself at the start and the end, and I weighed the same. So I would have put that in the it's video muscle, if it had made any. Exactly, exactly. Um, all muscle. It's because you've got zero body fat, guy. right? You're just you're just ripped. Um, you're very kind to say be, that. Beneath that uh, plaid shirt, you're like you look like um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, don't you? Yep. Just like a really yep. sort of uh, honed uh, character of a man. Keep going. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's, yeah, very much not the case. But I, I didn't lose any weight during it, um, despite doing lots of exercise as well. That that one was just like a personal mission. Yeah. I, was, I was trying to get out there and, and do a bit more cycling because I'd let that disappear a little bit because during lockdown you feel a bit mm. a bit guilty. Um, even though it is exercise, you, you travel further from home than you would on a run and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah I didn't lose any weight Somebody said, who was, I think somebody said on Twitter that I looked younger by the end, I which think, I refute. I think you looked like you had a fucking suntan, which was confusing. So Really? Well, I think I think that was just, I just had some warm lighting on because yeah, I was filming at I was midnight. like, Johnny looks great. He looks like he's been on holiday. He didn't tell me he'd been on holiday or he's invested in a home sunbed. Maybe he's under a, maybe he's like sort of sleeping like a vampire now. Uh, under a sunbed. Uh, See, I know your brain must be misfiring because there's all these comments, well, uh, compliments, except for the vampire bit coming out, which is unlike you, Bradley. Hang on, mate. I'm pretty complimentary to you, usually, mate. I love you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I love did, you did, too. I thought you, I thought you looked pretty good at the end of it. I was trying to work out if you looked any different. I think whoever said you might look a bit younger, I think they might have been onto something. There was definitely something about your face. Face looks a bit fresher. Um, oh God! Maybe, maybe, 
I don't know. I don't know. But also alcohol kind of pickles you, doesn't it? So you would think as soon as you no, stop... No, it, it, it pickles vegetables, Brad. It doesn't... Well, I don't think that works on humans. Come on. Come on, go with me here. I, I tell you what, I watched uh, a film which I wanted to watch for a while because I love Seth Rogen, uh, but it wasn't very good. But It was called An American Pickle. And uh, do you know anything about this film? I know nothing about so American it, Pickle. It's about a a guy. Have you seen um, the film where there's a caveman that's frozen and he wakes up in California in hundred like percent great film? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. That's it's basically that premise, except he is an Eastern European um, immigrant who goes to America at the turn of the last century. Uh, totally poor, like no money at all. Works in a pickle factory falls into a pickle vat as they are closing the factory and somehow gets submerged in the pickle juice and uh, wakes up a century later um, to discover the the modern day world of Brooklyn and uh, his great grand nephew, who is Seth Rogen, who, so he's playing, he's playing his great, great granddad and himself as a sort of Brooklyn hipster, um, so I, I like the premise, but it was just not very well done. But the idea is that I was going on about is like, you know, being pickled alive um, by alcohol. You could argue but, that I mean, a, you... a lot of British rockers have been pickled alive by alcohol. Um, well, if, if they had, they'd, they, they, I mean, this whole pickle, you'd just drown. Yeah. You'd drown in a vat of acid. That, well, that's yeah. one of the worst ways to go. You wouldn't wake up in Brooklyn 20 <laughs> years later. A hundred, a hundred years later. A <laughs> hundred years yeah, later. It was, it, and he, as he came out, Johnny... He wasn't pruny at all. That was, you know, I was. They'd had <laughs> they me shrink like they, a pickle. They had me until the fact I was like, "Hang on a minute, <laughs> He's why is this skin all wrinkly and green?" Uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's a bunch of tosh. Don't watch it; it's rubbish. Right? Uh, shall we dig into the comments of this week's video? I guess we better. Right? By the way, mate, honestly, such a brilliant video. Didn't have anything to do with it personally, <laughs> but I absolutely loved it. And uh, I thought it was a wonderful um, sort of project to do over January. Uh, so well Thanks, done, man. Johnny. Well done. Thanks. It's always it's it's tough doing a video diary because you don't actually know. You know, most of our videos are planned out to some extent, even if you do your best to derail them. Whereas yeah. this one, I had no idea where that was going to go. No idea what was going to happen each day. And making sure that something did happen that was interesting and having thoughts was really hard. So yeah, I, I'm not sure I'll do a diary ver- diary video again because they're really quite quite stressful Grueling. to do. Grueling, yeah. yeah. But I'm glad glad it came across well, and and all the comments have been really nice, and people saying that you know it's good to see some sort of balanced content about it. Like I spoke to people who you know are very serious about the the negative effects of alcohol, while I was there going, yeah, but um, <laughs> but at the same time they were also very balanced and aware of it. Most of the people that work in these industries they all drink as well they all have a glass of wine when they've had a rough time as well so they they understand the issues they're talking about um and that's particularly why i keep going back to andrew mizzle because i think he's he's great and we've we've put him on this podcast before twice i think now yeah great stuff um yeah let's have a look at the comments what what have you got for me yeah so um i mean i know you you certainly missed the uh the whole kind of ritual and dare i say the flavor of of uh, full alcohol beers so had an interesting comment from Dave's Vids Seven, who said, uh, "Someone once told me 
that so much more flavour can be dissolved into alcohol than water, hence why mocktails don't have the oomph of a cocktail flavour-wise. Could this be part of the situation when stripping out alcohol from a beer? This summer, I'm going to be hosting talks at the Manchester, Bristol and London Craft Beer Festivals, giving festival goers the chance to attend tutored tastings, rare beer pours, meet the brewers and even guided tours of the bars. These three festivals are the highlights of my events calendar, featuring some of the world's best breweries with delicious restaurant pop-ups, great music and a really welcoming party atmosphere. It's the third year I've been hosting the We Are Beer Tastings table, but for the first time I'm delighted to offer all of our listeners, viewers and Patreons £5 off a ticket when you use the code CBC5. Just hit the link in the description to buy. See you there. Yeah, I I saw that comment and ha- have to confess I had zero idea about that. The one thing that I did note when I thought about this was the fact that um, famously vanilla extract is really alcoholic, and mm. I think that's because they they use strong alcohol to Suspended. extract and store those flavors. Yeah, yeah. You can. It's it's definitely something that whenever I've not that I've done this a lot in my life, but I've talked to you know uh, cox, cocktail uh, makers expert. What would you call a cocktail maker? Do you remember Jay? A mixologist. A mixologist. Do you remember Jay from Fifteen? Yeah. So I used to talk to Jay quite a bit. He's he's like one of the best uh, mixologists in the world, and um, he told me about well I, I mean I, I witnessed him making sort of suspensions in alcohol of like really strong flavored stuff so he's the routine he do like coffee ones and uh all, all kinds of different things he was he was doing them under pressure and doing these kind of like weird things and then storing the products in in like alcohol basically um mm. i guess like slow gin or whatever it's kind of a way that mixologists would use to store these like real pungent flavors and then just add them into cocktails and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, slow gin's another great example. When we did our Christmas beer, I was extracting raisin flavor using rum. So it's de- it's definitely a thing. So if you then strip out that alcohol, mm. e- either you might be stripping out the flavors as well, or when you remove the alcohol, they might not be sort of accessible to the human palate or to our noses as aroma and stuff like that. There could definitely be something to to that theory that losing alcohol means we can't um, store as much flavour in that liquid or perceive that much flavour from it. I thought it was a great comment. I need the, to look yeah, into it. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, there, there is going to be a chemistry thing with the bonds between the part, you know, the the different um, things that's going on there. But like certainly just looking at um, how much sugar a builder, for instance, might put in their cup of tea. <laughs> you can get like pretty much the equivalent amount of sugar that would fill an empty cup into a warm filled cup of tea because the the water will is soluble sorry the sugar is soluble in the water in the hot water and uh it just dissolves and it's like magic mate it just goes in between the fucking particles somehow i, I remember doing that experiment at infant school yeah it's crazy it's isn't like it keep adding sugar and it didn't go over yeah so we yeah. know we know that sugar does that in water. So certainly, 
flavors can penetrate into to alcohol. Maybe alcohol just aids it. Definitely, <laughs> I, I think that's definite, mate. I'm going for it. That's I, true. Uh, what we need to do? There's a great YouTube channel if you guys don't follow it called How to Drink. Mm. Um, I forget the name of the presenter, but he is amazing and he does lots of scientific stuff with cocktails. I reckon he'd have some insight. So I'm going to approach him and see if I could get him to maybe record a little message and explain it for the pod at some point. That would be a nice touch, wouldn't it? Definitely. See if he can. Um, So my comment this week does actually come from YouTube. It comes from Instagram. If you don't follow us on Instagram, we are uh, at Craft Beer Channel. And this is Peak Drops. Uh, who I think is a home brewer up in the Lake District. And he says, um, and I should say before I read this out, we do have a good discussion after this, but I take exception to his original comment, which was, I hate dry January. You should support your local breweries and drink in moderation. It's not about quantity, but quality. Drink less, but of higher quality throughout the year, and you'll be happier and healthier. Now, he's 100% right about, you know, drink less, drink better and you'll be happier and healthier. What I take exception to is the idea that dry January doesn't help that. So one of the conclusions from the video was, dry January is an abstinence challenge, yes. It means you don't drink for a month. But the idea of it is that once you finish, you you drink less afterwards. That's literally the effect that the campaign is trying to achieve and, according to studies, does achieve. The other issue I have is that he's saying that we should be supporting local breweries. Now, every single beer that I bought, with the possible exception of the Rot House, which is technically owned by the German state, maybe Bavarian state, um, every single one of those was independent and small. So at no point did I stop supporting small and independent. And my final point is nobody, absolutely nobody, should be sacrificing their health to support business. You should not be saying, I need to keep drinking in January because breweries and pubs need me. I mean, that that sounds like, if if someone said that to me, I'd be like, I think you might be an alcoholic. Um, (laughs) It just sounds like the sort of thing someone might say as a a kind of an excuse to to drink. Like, we should all just be drinking because it enriches our lives and uh, it's a pleasant sort of pastime, but we shouldn't be beholden to it. That's yeah, for sure. Exactly. And to be fair to Peak Drops, once I explained my point of view, it, it was a classic, I haven't watched the video, but I hate what the video is going to be. Like, well, if you watch the video, <laughs> you'll, uh, you'll see that everything then. that you mention is addressed. So I just wanted to make that super clear. Like, you can support breweries during dry January. You don't have to drink in a pub. You don't have to drink high alcohol stuff. Lots of people producing low alcohol stuff are independent and small and need your help as well. So, you know, the inverse of that is we should be going, you shouldn't be drinking in from February to December. We've got small independent low alcohol breweries we need to support. <laughs> so it <laughs> depends what side of the coin you're on. Um, but yes, I mean, he is right. You know, drink less, drink better, be happy, be healthy is 100% correct. So props to you on that. Peak drops. Peak props. Um, Yeah, so thanks to everybody that commented on the video. It's gone down really well, despite being a 33-minute epic. um, We've had lots and lots of views, lots and lots of comments, and lots of very positive comments. Um, And on that note also, so last Sunday, our podcast with Grant from Frightened Rabbit went live, which is a bit of a personal project on my part as well. And we've had lots of lovely emails and messages about that podcast as well, from people talking about how either Frightened Rabbit has helped them with their mental health, like... I think a lot of people 
treated that band the same way that I did as like they really helped me get through some tough times um, and it was really great to see the the responses to that and to the podcast which Grant is just amazing in and so open and honest and, and he's delighted with how it came out um, so yeah it's been a good good mental health week for me um, it's been I've had a lot of communications with lots of lovely people off the back of our content which is what it's all about beautiful beautiful um, we haven't got a recorded comment this week but we do have a question from our Patreon Discord forum, which Oof. I thought was quite interesting. Um, so Sam464 is his username in our Patreon forum. He said, um, kind of off the back of, of some homebrewing uh, conversations I've been having in the forum, basically our next homebrew video, our beer is about a percent stronger than we expected. Um Sam464 asks, um, I've always wondered why breweries standardise their ABVs, such as they are doing 8% dippers, but then some breweries don't, such as Polly's having a variety of dippers at varying strengths. Is this a business decision or is there more to it? Like some breweries don't have good as good a control over it. Um, I certainly don't seem to have that good control over it because I, <laughs> I went way over. I just miscalculated. I mashed in at 67, which I thought would be high enough to leave some residual sugar behind. Um, not the case. The yeast absolutely ripped through all of that sugar. So we've got a pretty dry beer coming out and a percent more than we thought. Um, do, do you want to tackle that question or shall I, Brad? Go on, you can go for it, mate. I, th- I mean, I, I just think that, uh, you know, I, th- I think most big breweries, they do have control of it. But it's, uh, I mean, is it a taxation thing? Are they are they getting within certain tax brands, uh, tax bands even? Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a bit of that. If if we just take the UK as an example, um, once you're at eight percent, you're paying the full the full amount of tax, but you you can play with it. So you basically breweries in the UK have a point five percent they're point five percent margin of error. So if they ever get tested. So long as they're within that 0.5% of what was on the packaging, it's legal. So that means that they have a little bit to play with, and they play with that in two ways. One is that they will, because you have to print the labels long before the beer's ready so that you can package it at the right time. So that means often you don't know what the final gravity of your beer is, and therefore the ABV, before you have to print the labels. So breweries are estimating roughly what it's going to be. Um, and that's why that margin for error is is there because you might not know when you need to declare that that percentage. The other way that they play with it is yeah, either for neatness of it um, or for tax reasons. So if you're below two point eight, there's a different tax band. If you're below seven point five, I think there's a different tax band, and then above seven point five is a different tax band again. So if your beer is seven point six, you might put. 7.5 yeah or 7.4 for those those reasons do you think it's also do you think there's a, a sort of um almost like a fashion type thing coming in where <clears throat> you know breweries look at trends and and what's successful in other breweries and they might up it or down down it to kind of fall into line with what the market's demanding so obviously you know, you might you might get people in in Europe that drink you know IPAs that are a lot weaker than they are in America, and that's just because over here the the, the fashion or the culture or whatever whatever's appropriate um, that percentage is is the dominant kind of percentage in the market. Yeah, they they might be trying to hit a 
a parameter that's that's popular for sure. Um, I, I personally, I think it's more that you know, if if we're really honest, like people say, oh, all New England IPAs taste the same, and they think that's a fault with the style. It's more because the recipes and the hops and the strengths are mostly the same. Like most breweries, double IPAs. They'll only really vary the hops and the malts and the water profiles and the yeasts just a little bit. At the end of the day, the amount of alcohol they're expecting from it is exactly the same. So that's why within a brewery, they might all their dippers might be the same alcohol. Mm. And I think it's also across the board why a lot of these IPAs are very similar. You know, 8% is a double IPA, 7.9% might not be in some people's eyes. So you brew it to 8%. You call all your IP, double IPAs 8% and you know it's A, going to sell, B, be relatively accurate and C, you keep your malt beer roughly similar so it's always going to be that strength. And I think it's, like most things, it's like a million little influences that end up with everything being kind of kind of similar. Indeed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a really interesting question. I think from outside you might not realise that that's all the thought that goes into that number. It's not just... You know, just as you package it, you check the final gravity. That's not really how it can work, because um, you, you, you know, the last thing you want is for a beer to be in tank and tasting beautiful, and you can't package it because the labels haven't arrived. That's what really needs to be avoided. Mm. Yeah. So there you go. There's a question on ABVs. We we talked about beer for quite a long time there, Bradley. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty rare for nice. the Friday five pm. Um, but yeah, we're out of time. That's that's almost bang on twenty minutes. Look at us. Well, hey. So yeah, guys, please do join us tomorrow night for the pressure drop live show. And next week we have a big old uh, video coming that we've had to um, had to do a little reshoot as things have changed. It's mm. you know we're nothing if not on the pulse here at the Craft Beer Channel, which is why in a couple of weeks we've also got a video about Brewdog's Aldi IPA. <laughs> Always on the pulse. Um, anything to add, brothers? Uh, <laughs> only that I love the fact we've got a video about Brewdog's Aldi IPA coming out <laughs> about six months after every other beer tuber. <laughs> But, um, yeah. you know, that's the way we work, mate. We don't, we don't chase the headlines. We we nope. uh, we analyse shit, right? Yeah, that's what we've been doing for the last six months, <laughs> analysing how the IPA, for sure. That's it. It's all, uh, this is a real, it's, it's a real conundrum. It took us that long <laughs> to uh, to go after it, eh? Yeah, and the video, you know, it's going to be all payoff, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, guys, so thanks for listening. We will catch you tomorrow night for the live show, and obviously we'll see you next Wednesday for another exciting On The Pulse episode of the Craft Beer Channel. The Bubble Podcast is brought to you by the nerds behind YouTube's Craft Beer Channel. Head to youtube.com slash the Craft Beer Channel to watch this week's video and over 400 more exciting episodes. If you love what we do, please, please, please do subscribe and even join our Patreon at patreon.com slash craft beer channel. Love and beer.